If you're ready to take your destiny into your own hands, you've come to the right place. This is The Bulletproof Entrepreneur, featuring interviews with the most exciting and amazing entrepreneur. Here's your host, Chi Odogu. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to the show today. If you love what you hear on today's episode of the podcast, go to iTunes and leave a review and a comment. It helps other great listeners like yourself find the show. And of course, you can always find more episodes of the Bulletproof Entrepreneur Podcast at www.odogwu.com. And without further ado, on with the show. Hey everyone, welcome to another exciting episode of the Bulletproof Entrepreneur Podcast. I am so thrilled to have my very good friend, Super Joe Pardo, on the podcast today to tell us a little bit about his new book and his business. So his new book is titled Sales Won't Save Your Business. But before we get into all that, let me tell you a little bit about Joe. Joe is an award-winning podcaster. He's a speaker. He's the convener of the MapCon Podcasting Conference in the, in the Mid-Atlantic region in the United States. He's a writer. He's a consultant. He's worked for many years in his family's company, which is a trucking service out of um, southern New Jersey. Or is it northern New Jersey? Southern. Southern, southern. southern New Jersey. <laughs> and guess what, guys? In as much as this guy went from warehouse employee to doing sales to doing it director of operations he left a hundred million dollar family business because he wanted to start his own company and you know you know strike it out there and make it on his own which is very commendable because he comes from a family of entrepreneurs and we all know that once you have that in your dna no matter how great it is working for anybody it's always even better when you try to go work for yourself so he left his family business to start his company as he started doing that because joe has spent his life in the disney family i met him as a disney head his first podcast was a disney podcast you know he did that he got to know a lot of people and he transitioned his podcast from being focused on it was called the dreamers podcast it transitioned into the business podcast because he has so much skills in business and he's been helping a lot of clients around the U.S. and around the world. So he's just here to tell us a little bit more about his journey, his experiences, his new book titled Save Won't, Sales Won't Save Your Business. He has like three other books. You know, his first book was listed as one of the best books to read in 2016, I believe, 31 Principles. Uh, and yeah, he's just an awesome all-round guy. That, that's why they call him Super Joe. So I'm pleased to have Super Joe on the podcast today to tell us a little bit about himself his business, his experiences, and of course, his little tips and strategies to help you build a better business. So with that said, my friend, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Super Chi. How are you doing tonight? <laughs> great, 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 man. Nice and chilly day in uh, Toronto, but not too bad. What about you? <laughs> uh, it's, it's been a dreary day here in South Jersey, but you know, it, it's it's exciting because we were actually talking right now on the eve of the launch of my book. So mm. I am... I am both nervous, anxious, uh, pumped, uh, you know, um, it's a mix of emotions running through my veins right now as as I get ready to to launch this book onto the world and yeah. and uh, hopefully help a lot, a lot of people. Yeah, and I can only imagine because this is your first business book. The other books were not necessarily business. They were more personal development and um, uh, nonfiction, I believe. Fiction, yes. Yeah. No, no, not nonfiction. Non they were nonfiction. Yeah. They were uh, self-development books. Mm -hmm. uh, the first one was was noted as a as a lifestyle and and business book because both the the the, the concepts and, and principles in there you could utilize them in either way. Yeah. Uh, so it's 
it's really like this this is the first professional book right mm-hmm. this like yeah. the other ones like were my artistic outlet and and actually i've considered that maybe doing on on like a, my next book like on the way to doing my next professional book mm-hmm. maybe doing like this like book where i take all three of my first self-development books and i combine i'm combining them into one book mm-hmm. uh and and maybe adding it so into it so that it's a you know, I, I I think I have a name for it, but I'm not. I don't want to leash it out yeah. I, into the world yet. I, uh, but I'm thinking it might be like a leadership book. So okay. so a lot of self development in that, but really focused on that leadership aspect of yeah, it. Because, so we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, that's a very critical aspect of business. But before we get all into all that, tell us a little bit about your background, Joe. How did you become Super Joe? Ah man, well you know. So I, that started back in 2006. Uh, one of my very dear friends and, and like a brother to me, uh, Matt. He he was working at my family's business, and I think I, I think at the time I was feeling kind of down about myself about something that was going on or something like that. And I was for some reason I came back to my my desk. I think I went on a vacation or something, and he plastered this picture that he drew of a not a stick figure but like an animated cartoon, really mm-hmm. crude, kind of crude, um, a picture of Super Joe and. You know, at the time, I I was like, oh well, that's really cool. Like, I really appreciate that. And I, you know, I went into my drawer, and then eventually I took it out. And and I don't think, you know, I think I have it somewhere in one of my stacks of paper. Mm-hmm. But um, but I have a picture of it that I happen to have on like an iPhone that I I found. So I was, if you go to my website, you go to my the my story button at the mm-hmm. top. You can actually see the, and scroll down. You'll see the actual picture that was drawn. So it wasn't a title I gave myself, but yeah. it's a title that. Um, started to take hold back in like mm. 2015, about a year after starting the podcast, uh, the Dreamers podcast and all. And and then by 2016, I was like, uh, or actually no, 20, 2017, I decided that I was going to finally uh, accept the moniker mm. myself and and just and just roll with it. Mm. Um, and that's where it's like the the business podcast featuring Super Joe Pardo. And the reason it is because my mission, it's not because I'm so awesome. It's because my mission is to help bring the the super out of each and every single person I meet. Mm. I really want them to to feel life to the point where this isn't just about like, man, life, I got to go jump out of a plane. It's life. Like I got to do what I can do and the best that I can right yeah. here, right now, because yeah. I don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. Yeah. So I, I want people to feel that for themselves and, and apply it. You know, it, it's not, things aren't going to be perfect. Like mm-hmm. everything I've done is not turned out perfect. Yeah. It's, it's turned out very well. Um, but not perfect. And, and to that set, you know, to that, um, you know, being appreciative of what you can bring to the table mm-hmm. as I've had to find for myself, yeah. uh, that it can be a tough thing to, to do, but I think, you know, it's worth a shot. And that, and that's what my mission is to, again, pull that super out of each and every single person, just like you, super Chi. <laughs> Great. So why did you decide to transition out of your company's hundred million dollar business? At that point you had risen to director of operations things were going well it's a family business so hey you're in line to take over the family business so to speak but what was that driving force that said hey man i need to go explore the world on my own and kind of carve carve out my own slice of the american dream and my own piece of the uh, entrepreneurial goal 
So it's a it's a dream that started for me years, years, years in the making. When I was six years old, I wanted to be a child psychologist. Mm. So much so that I cried on my grandparents' floor uh, to, because I was like, oh, I'm the only boy. I'm expected to take over the business, blah, 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 blah. But I wanted to be a child psychologist to help other uh, kids going through divorce. To me, that was a thing that, like, for some reason, was a thing that was inside of me. Um, and so, so really, it started then when I was about ten years old. I found DJing, and you can see behind me, I got my my turntables and, of course, records all all around me because um, I love music. And and that helped spark that that idea. Like, maybe I could do something else mm-hmm. at some point. I fell into the into the, the 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 valley of doing working for the family business, and well, by the time I was seventeen, I started DJing and was doing gigs every weekend, and it was it was fun, and you know I made some money, and you know whatever, but but it wasn't to me it wasn't about like doing the parties and things so much as it was like about the art, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's why I'm about about. So it wasn't until 2014. Uh, and that, so, so when I was like 17, it was like 2004, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, t- so 10 years later, I come up with the Adventuratorium album, and I, I really fall in love with this process of doing something that's like super creative. I'm mm-hmm. doing it on my own. I'm doing it for a good cause. We're raising money for charity, all of that. Um, and that really sparked and sped up the process of me uh, saying, you know what? I, I think I want to – I want out. Um, with that said, it took four years before I, four years before I told my dad that I wanted to leave. Mm. Right. So I told him in the summer of 2013, I started going back to school cause I don't have a degree mm. or anything like that. Um, excited. I need to figure out like, what is it that I want to do? Um, so that was in 2013, uh, summer of 2013. I stuck around until I was supposed to stick around until January of 2014, I ended up sticking around till April 2014. April 2nd was my last day. April 14th, that album that I mentioned came out. So mm-hmm. I started working on that in uh, the end of 2013, beginning of 2014, and and then that album came out. So, um, but like I said, that album really kind of helped inspire me because because if so, the album is about uh, the movie Up, Pixar's okay. movie Up. So it's all about journey and yeah. and going on an adventure, and it just like was getting me all pumped up about this idea that like you know I'm gonna do this. I don't know how I'm gonna make this work. Maybe this album will be that carrier. Mm-hmm. And no, DJing hasn't been the thing that's like carried me mm-hmm. there. But at the same time, it, it actually was a critically acclaimed album from some very famous DJs in the world. It just wasn't like a like a mass selling product or anything mm-hmm. like that where I'd be like, oh man, now like I'm a multi million dollar DJ. Like, you know, it's like twenty thousand yeah. dollars for me to get out of bed to even come to your event. Yeah. Um and that's okay. Like you know, you have to um for me it was like that was the catalyst. So so how I got into podcasting from that though was I left the company, I started doing podcast interviews to promote the album okay and next thing i know i'm on a plane to disney world with a friend of mine and he's like oh have you heard about this show it's all about like entrepreneurs and he's just interviewing people and i'm like oh wait what like i never to me it was always like oh disney are just round tables that was you know shows and i'm just getting in as a guest um i was like well i know a lot of people live their dreams i could do that Mm -hmm. and then when the plane landed i 
registered the domain name, the Twitter handle, Facebook page, all before we got to the rental car. And then two weeks later, I had a show. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, we're off and running, and, and here we are, you know, four years, uh, almost four years later. It'll be four years in May, May 20th. So yeah. um, it's been an incredible journey, and, and I, you know, I will say this uh, as one last thing about that journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, throughout that process of, of from then till now, uh, a lot of people be like, "Oh, Joe, that's awesome! Like you're doing that thing, but like, are you making it? How are you making any money at it?" And mm-hmm. I used to say, "Hey, hey, hey! If I was in school, the first question you wouldn't ask me is how much money have I made." Yeah. And here we are, four years later, and I'm about to graduate. So, uh, it, you know, being on top of that mountain, though, I would say, you know, in my family's business, you never see how far you are up on that mountain mm-hmm. until you're like, you get off and you're like, "Oh, oh." damn like that's really we were we were really flying high uh yeah. you know there uh and i don't know i don't know if i'll ever be on that 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 type of level again but and that's to me that's okay like i don't i don't know i'm not motivated by money as much as i'm motivated by product and mm. by by experiences and helping people so yeah you know it's it's whatever as long as my needs are met i'm i'm cool yeah and one thing i noticed is that you know, you were doing podcast interviews to promote that album. And mm-hmm. looking you up, I didn't find a lot of those podcasts from way back in the day. You know, I see more of your recent interviews, more of your interviews produced. Because I say this to say that in four years, you've consistently produced content after content of week in, week out. Every Tuesday at 8 a.m., you're always releasing a new episode of your podcast, you know. So the longevity you've shown in this industry is like one that's very admirable because a lot of people try, they start, you know, podcasting is difficult. You know, as much as people think, oh, it's just getting somewhere to come and speak. You have to research the person. You have to go back and edit. You have to promote. There's, There's a lot of work that goes into it that a lot of people get tired of especially when you're creeping up to the first 30 or the first 100 that's when a lot of podcasts die and fade because it's like the stamina just isn't there but you've produced over 300 thus far so what kept you going forward producing content week in week out you know i'm uh, well i'm not gonna lie there there was times where uh i'm like you know this this kind of sucks because i'm not getting the results out of it that i want and there was times where it was like it was kind of just on autopilot like i like yeah okay i'm releasing every tuesday blah 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 that's awesome um and then there was times where i i had to change it up to fall back in love with it right Mm -hmm. so if you go back to like when ava was just born so about two years ago Mm -hmm. in the show we my boy matt who drew the super joe picture he would come over every monday and we would sit down and we would just talk about business topics right news topics Mm -hmm. um dream related topics self-development topics like he reads a lot of like those types of self-development books Mm -hmm. i don't read books you know we we were able to vibe off of that kind of stuff and uh and then we would do these pre-shows for the show and i fell in love with that idea uh, you know, and and it took my episodes. I mean, if you go back, like some of those episodes are like an almost two hours long, yeah. um, and and I it helped me develop um, your voice further on the mic, right? Because mm. because before that, it's like, oh, I'm I'm interviewing people, but I'm not really talking. I'm not. I'm trying to highlight the the guest and trying to do all that. And and for me, it was like, okay, this is my outlet. This is where I can um, develop not just my voice. 
but develop my relationship with my audience mm-hmm. better so they get to know more about me. So I'm not trying to interject myself so much or inject myself as so much into my guest interviews. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, 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 I needed like a balance. Yeah. And uh, and it it was helpful. I you know we didn't get to do it forever. We only did it for maybe a couple of months. But you know for me like I learned a lot there. And then I took that to the next level with doing video last year. Doing mm-hmm. uh, like I did like a hundred vlog uh, business lesson vlogs. I called them because mm-hmm. it was uh, business lessons in like two three minutes. But I did them in a, like a vlog format, which is different. And I don't know if it really hit the target market I was trying to go after. Mm-hmm. But but I enjoyed doing. I mean, that's to me like that was what really mattered the most at the time. Um, and now here here we are, where I'm actually again changing up my show. Yeah. Not just not just with the name difference, because that was really the start of it. Was like, mm-hmm. hey, I'm changing the name. To now, I'm changing into a couple different series yeah. uh, to, to enable myself to shine through even more. Yeah. And so talking about the change, first of all. You were you ran the podcast for four years, you know, talking about topics that interested you. Sometimes interviewing people, you know, I mentioned earlier, you know, podcasting is a little challenging and difficult. Now you switched from all that, change to a business podcast. Now you even change that further and say, hey guys, you know what? I have a lot of responsibility. I'm trying to raise a family, trying to grow a business. You know, I have so much wealth of experience from my work with my family business which is a hundred million dollar company i want to leverage this to get more clients so i can help them become better business people and help them drive better businesses so you change the podcast and you say hey you know what if i'm going to interview experts they're going to have to pay to come on the show because i need to monetize and leverage my time you know which is a little radical because in the podcasting world we know that the main way a lot of podcasters make money is through sponsorship. And the next way is through getting, you get money because of your podcast, not necessarily from your podcast. And a lot of people that are making the big money in the podcasting game are people that had big names to start with. You're talking about Joe Rogan, um, Tim Ferriss, you know, John Lee Dumas, that's just a content machine right out of the gate. <laughs> yeah, he was. <laughs> so, Changing to a pay-to-interview, what what led you to that model, and what do you think is going to be the result of that? So, so here here's the thing. So back in like last year, around probably like October, I started get like well, actually no, I had already been getting a lot of guests uh, sent to my email, right? Mm-hmm. People pitching me. Whether, and most of, most of them, like I'm going to say like 90% of them were coming from uh, PR agencies. Yeah. I had some people that just reached out and those people were really cool. And, and even the PR agency people were really cool. And I mm-hmm. made some great, great friendships from those. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I started to think about it and I'm like, wow, like I have something that that's like legit getting 30 to 50 people a month you know, in my inbox and I'm only doing one episode a week. I don't plan on doing more than that because mm-hmm. time, right? Like I've already cut as many corners as I'm willing to cut mm-hmm. with the show. I don't even edit at this point. And it's yeah. no secret. Like, uh, if, if, if somebody curses on my show or something, I go back and I, and I, uh, mark that time. And then I could work backwards from mm-hmm. those marks to, to cut it out. But, um, so like I've really cut down as much as I possibly can in the time department. And, so I, I started to think like, 
you know, these people, the, these PR agencies, they're getting paid to reach out to me. Mm-hmm. Um, they're u- utilizing my platform. They're us- utilizing my hosting. They're utilizing, uh, you know, to advertise their stuff, right? They're they're effectively businesses mm-hmm. trying to advertise. So it's yeah. like, okay, well, if they're a business, they're coming on a show for business. They're coming on a show to, to add expertise and add value. But at the same time, like, really to promote their thing. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe we should be charging for this, and yeah. and maybe it's not right for everyone. I, you know, I I'm not trying to mm-hmm. say oh everybody in the podcasting needs to be charging, yeah. Um, because I don't I don't necessarily think that. I think it's you know it's it's up to you to decide what works for your platform. Yeah. Um, and of course it's all about what you can get, right? Mm-hmm. Like, hey, some people can get five thousand dollars, you know, out of the gate per episode. Like, mm-hmm. maybe you can. I don't know. Um, but so for me, I'm like. You know, I, I pitched this idea to a, a few of you know friends of mine, and, and they're like, "Well, you know, those those PR agencies could just stop sending you guests." And I was like, "Yeah, you're right. I I guess. I mean, I don't know. I, at the time, I was writing my book, right? Mm-hmm. So that was my primary focus. So I wasn't really like focused on like how can I how can I make this work? Mm-hmm. How can I make this a win win situation for everybody? Yeah. Cause I don't expect, I didn't expect the PA agent PR agencies to come and like pay me necessarily. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the business. They're the business that's trying to, to promote. So yeah. like they, you know, the, the, at the end of the day, they can write this stuff off. It's a marketing expense, right? Yeah. It's a business. This that's, isn't yeah. the feel good self development thing. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. But like at the end of the day, it's all about business. So, yeah. so a couple months went by, and after the book was like pretty much wrapped up and and ready to 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 go for launch, I started thinking like, you know, I I started counting all the reasons that I have to to charge for my platform. But mm-hmm. you know, look, I don't have the hundreds of thousands and millions of downloads and and all that stuff a week or a month or whatever. But I have a, a, a an audience that is a significant uh, – to me, it's a significant audience. It's yeah. significant to these PR agencies that want to get their their pe- their clients on my show enough mm-hmm. to keep sending me these guests um, and to feel the value, um, mm-hmm. and they're getting paid for it. Yeah. So why, why am I not getting paid for it? So my goal at that point was like, okay, well, what if I look at it differently? Mm-hmm. What if I charge as a sponsorship fee? Right, like you come on the show, you're charging as a sponsorship fee. We we disclose that in the show, right? Like I'm not. This isn't the show's not changing. Mm-hmm. I'm not not vetting my guests yeah. still, right? Like if they're not, a, if they don't, I don't feel like they're a great fit. I'm gonna say no. Yeah. Um. You don't. You go to my website. There's nothing about be a guest here, pay me. Like this isn't. You know, one of the people that that saw the this article, this open letter that I wrote about this was like, oh well, that's a you know that's a weird business model. I don't think that's going to work for a business model. Well, hold up a second. Hmm. This isn't really a business model. This is you. You want access to the show. The mm-hmm. show's been around for almost four years. It's going to be around for. It's not going anywhere. Yeah. I've been blogging since 1996 when I was like 10 years old. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not going anywhere, mm-hmm. right? Um, at the at the core, at the base, you know, the the episodes always are getting more downloads. If you actually look at my newest episodes versus like my oldest episodes, mm-hmm. my newest episodes don't get as many downloads as my old episodes mm-hmm. until it, it it's it's crazy. Like I'll get you know a couple thousand downloads in a month. But my newest episodes will only have like 200 downloads, 
And that sucks for that's why I can't do the sponsorship model because mm-hmm. like they want a thousand downloads at least to get a whole twenty dollars. Yeah. So it's like okay, well that doesn't make any sense. But you look at like as the shows get, as the episodes get older, they continue to pile oh, on the yeah. downloads. Yeah. So I'm like, all right. So here's how I can do this. Because I, I don't know if anyone's going to take me up on this. Maybe they will. Maybe they won't. I, 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 I think that they will. I think I made a compelling mm-hmm. argument in my open letter. I think I made a compelling argument on my submission form, and uh, I think you know, I think it's worth it. So, <clears throat> so I set up these these packages. There's three. There's uh, six packages going mm-hmm. from three hundred dollars all the way to three thousand um, dollars. The higher end packages include paid Facebook ads mm-hmm. in the package. Mm-hmm. So I'm putting my marketing skills to to the test. Mm-hmm. Um, to, to, to promote their business. Plus it's my word, yeah. uh, at, at that, at that point too. But, um, so I was like, you know what? I'm going to change the, my show. And the reason I'm going to change my show isn't because this is my new business model where I'm just going to charge people to be on my show and that's mm-hmm. how we're going to make it. And I'm not putting out an episode unless that happens. Mm-hmm. I created three other series to go along with the interviews. First is the well. First is the interview episodes. The second is the Q and A episodes where mm-hmm. I answer questions and answers. I think I haven't done one of those yet. I think I'm going to do them on Facebook Live, so I okay. you know I'll have a handful of questions ahead yeah. of time. But you know I can get some feedback that way. Um, and then I'll also have the business lesson episodes where I just talk about one business lesson for that episode. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes it'll be five minutes, sometimes it'll be fifteen minutes, twenty minutes. I don't however long it needs to be. Um, and then I'll also have the um, the business owner anonymous episode where I have a business owner on the episode, mm-hmm. but they're anonymous. They don't give their name. They don't give their business. They don't give where they're from. So I can strip away the ego and really sit down in a, basically a consulting session and yeah. help them. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. So now all of a sudden it's like, okay, now I have this, this four sets of series for my show. I don't have to just be like, okay, what's the next interview? Mm-hmm. What's the next interview? Mm-hmm. I can record an episode tonight at my own time. Cause there's also something to be said for the amount of time it takes to schedule some, something, yeah. right? Like, I mean, look, you and I had to reschedule yeah. uh, a couple of times here yeah. to, to get this to happen. Yeah. Scheduling is kind of a pain mm-hmm. and, uh, but it's, it's something I, I want to do. And and to go to the fact of the whole business model, right? So it's like I, as you said, I want my skills set to be shown because I have a consulting business, two, yeah. three, four solutions. By me interviewing other people, that's not like I'm not trying to have people hire me because I'm Steve Harvey or I'm Ellen, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like if people think I'm a great host, that's awesome. I I, I really appreciate that. If somebody wants to send me a big sack of money to go be a, a, a game show host or a host or something, talk show host. Great. Please do that. I will gladly accept that and be grateful every step of the way. But that's not where my business is, right? Mm -hmm. My business is in consulting to help other business owners get to that next level. And and that's why I need the show to work for me Mm -hmm. and not just be like, oh, great. I have all these interviews. I have these connections. I have friends all over the world like yourself. That's awesome. I love it. I'm grateful for the fact that I took the time to do that and build that network out. Mm -hmm. But it's not paying the bills, yeah, true right? Yeah, like and 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 it's not that's not what this is. A, this is that's not what about charging yeah. people to sponsor an episode's about, right? Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, if I did thirteen episodes, thirteen interviews a year, right? If I did all four each week, like one a month, blah blah, mm-hmm. blah thirteen episodes or or twelve episodes a year, 
at three hundred dollars a piece is not going to pay a whole yeah. heck of a lot. I will I will cover my electric bill for the year. Yeah. Woohoo! That's going to be that's awesome. Mm-hmm. I'm appreciative, but let's face it, that's not you know for it it's not. I, heck, the hosting alone, yeah. uh, I'm paying like twenty bucks a month just in hosting for my website and my yeah. podcast. So mm-hmm. that's something. Yeah, because like you said, podcasters have expenses. You know, the PR companies, if you look at it, what they simply do is, you know, get a list of great podcasters, great shows, well downloaded, send an email, just make it easier for discovery. So they send an email, you get to read the bio and you say, oh, okay, you check them out on the internet. Yes, this guy will probably work for the show. That's basically it. And it's that, that one email, which is free, is monetized. Whereas you, as the host... You have so much more expenses. You have the time invested in creating the content, editing the content, hosting the content, promoting the content, because a lot of the times guests come on the show. When you release the episode, you send it out to them. They may remember to tweet it out, which I think a lot of guests are getting better at because they're getting coached that podcasters don't like when, hey, it's your episode. It's not necessarily my episode. It's showcasing you. You should at least be a little bit active. But many guests still don't, you know, actively mm-hmm. promote their episodes. So monetization is the only way because it's like, look at another way to look at it is Facebook is free for everyone, mm-hmm. but you still have to pay to advertise there if you want to see, let everybody see it. And our conduit or our platforms as podcasters is, is another way for people to consume whatever you're selling, whatever you're trying to get out there in the world without you know being pushy because once you listen to someone for 30 minutes 40 minutes one hour you get a deeper relationship with them and then it's of course that relationship has to build up through some follow-up systems which the author or the speaker would have created in the back end so i love your model <laughs> i'm just trying to say that it, there's no argument i saw when you did the post on the internet i read through it i was like hmm, this is actually a, a very good idea i think i'll probably in, incorporate some of this because don't get me wrong we're all business people we all need to pay our bills and we all have commitments and expenses and hey if it's even possible to say because when i thought about your model i was like hmm, okay that might not work for everybody or all the PR agencies. But what if each PR agency buys like a block of time from Joe, a block of time from me, a block of time from everybody. So they know that, okay, they have a pipeline of people, whatever money they're making, they split it and they say, hey, you know, we'll take a little bit less profit, but (laughs) at least we have- Well, value add, right, to the the client. The only two things I want to add to that is coaching, right? So so some of these PR, and I don't know, I can't speak for all of them, but at least a couple of the ones that I've worked with, they do do coaching with mm-hmm. their with their clients to coach the whether it's to make sure that they get a better website, landing page, yeah. uh, how to answer questions, how to talk on the mic, how to um, how to be interesting, how like they do they do some of them do help that mm-hmm. in that way. And the other thing I want to say is is when you look at it from a perspective of like okay, so it's three hundred dollars to sponsor an episode. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you could just go build your own platform. Yeah. And and it's also not to say that I wouldn't have people like Yushi on my show and not charge. And mm-hmm. here's why. Right. Because 
I know that you know the value of the platform because and and the the relationship of your I know that you're going to share it out and you know we have a relationship outside of that. Mm. So it's, again, it's not just about money; mm-hmm. it's about you know having that value the and value. of that value exchange. I'm recognizing right? the value. Exactly. So mm. it's like okay, so the value of of a of a stranger coming on my show that I haven't met yet, and hopefully we hit it off. Maybe we do. Maybe we don't. I don't know. Um, versus having a friend on, like there's that that give and take, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But but if they only bring the vat, like they're bringing value, but it's only one episode, so like I got to put in the the hours. I mean, still even even not editing the episode still takes between three to four hours to do an episode. Yes. Like I don't like I don't even edit the thing. <laughs> I used to t- I used to spend whatever the time was. It would take double, and I was using yeah. like two to three times the like X when mm-hmm. you're listening back. So it's like <laughs> so if you're listening at like two X right there, that probably mm-hmm. sounded even faster. But mm-hmm. my point being is is you know they have the opportunity to go build their own platform, and I promise you, and I promise them that it's not going to be as cheap and it's going to be a lot harder for them to keep it up and keep doing it yeah. week after week after week. Huh. And yeah, that's, that's, and, and you should go read the article if you're, if you're interested in what I had to say about it. For the most part, I got positive feedback. I got yeah. very few people that were like, oh, this, this won't work or, or, you know, I've never heard of you. So I don't see how this could like, that's fine. I, that That's okay. Like, yeah. don't, don't be a guest on my show. Like my show is going to continue regardless. Yeah, it's, yeah. So it's, it's okay. Um, but I would love to have people on. I'd love to have people that support. You know, you're supporting the platform. You're mm-hmm. supporting me. You're supporting your episode, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're supporting keeping it online. I I can't tell you. You mentioned it about you know my my DJ album. If you go to my press page and scroll all the way to the bottom, there's like eight or ten interviews or whatever from back then Mm -hmm. from 2014 but a lot of the interviews that i've done over the last three and a half years aren't online anymore Mm -hmm. like so so it's like if you're only worried about the next like four weeks or six weeks of like when it comes out like how many downloads is going to get to me that's the wrong way of looking at it because this is you're supporting it existing for a long time yeah so yeah yeah no i think we've uh We've really done justice to this part of the discussion. So let's uh, transition into your new book, Sales Won't Save Your Business. So what was the genesis of that and what were some of the lessons you put into the book before I pick a little bit from my notes here? So uh, so the book took like over two years to put together. I, Every person that I went to and was like, they're like, oh yeah, your books, your 31 Life Changing Con. I have it like back here. Um, your 31 Life Changing Concepts book, that's awesome. It's great. Like, um, But then I would tell them that, like, the name of this book, and they'd be like, okay, I want that book. When When is that mm-hmm. book going to go? And I'm like, well, I'm working on it. And, and you know, what ended up happening was Ava came along, um, slowed that process down. So it's probably mm-hmm. actually been closer to three years that the the book was really, like, in my, I got to go back and look at my Evernote because I had notes okay. that I'm not sure when those started. But um so it was probably you know between two and three years ago i wanted to do it but i at the same time like excuse me i really wanted it to be perfect Mm -hmm. i wanted it and i don't know that it's perfect now like Mm -hmm. i'm not trying to say it is but but i wanted it to feel um to encompass so many things that i experienced in my family's business things i've experienced in life and and you know blend all that together to make this this book that originally and here's a here's a marketing lesson for anyone who's listening mm-hmm. uh 
you know, originally it was meant for business owners, right? I'm, I'm, I'm building this book for business owners so they can get through some of the things that like we've had to deal with it yeah. at that level, um, of success. Uh, I, I use the word success loosely cause success is in the per- yeah. mind of the person and the perspective is a big part of that. So, um, I, I was like, I, I, I just fought with it a lot and I, and I started to build the outline and, it took a long time to, to really like get through it and, and put it together. Um, and then what really started up the, 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 the gears to, to move faster was, um, my wife got, and I got pregnant again, mm-hmm. uh, with our second child who we just had a month ago, almost today. Thank you. Thank you. So I got a, we got a girl and a boy. Yeah. Um, so nailed it. Uh, <laughs> uh, but it, but it was like, oh, I was like, crap! I gotta like get this book done. Like mm-hmm. this is this is something that's gotta be done. Now, in that in the time in which I thought that I I was doing or I was making that happen, I was doing those those daily business lesson vlogs. So I lost three months there because I was spending a lot of time doing that mm-hmm. and keeping the podcast running. And and then MapCon was starting to get closer, right? Because that's in September, yeah. so. You know, you go back nine months from February, and uh, well, I don't know what time that frame that was. Like over the summer, right? Hmm. And I was I was spending money on Facebook ads, and really, what I should have been spending time on was was getting this book done. Hmm. And the marketing lesson that I alluded to earlier is that originally this book was for business owners. It really isn't for business owners. It's really, and I only had to make a couple of changes to make this book work. It's not for business owners. It's for business owners. It's for entrepreneurs. It's for managers. It's for salespeople and aspiring leaders. All the same, mm. and and you know, from a marketing standpoint, it only took flipping a couple of words over mm-hmm. uh, and changing a few things to make it so it's like, oh, this would apply to to anyone, not just mm-hmm. business owners. Even though before it was like business owner, business owner, mm-hmm. like in the book, you just like go down the line, and now it's it's designed for people that want want more out of their life, yeah. want more out of their relationships, and want to build a better relationship with their business, with their team, their offer, and their process, and themselves. Mm-hmm. Because the first chapter is about empowering yourself first. Yeah. Like learning how to get the right amount of sleep, learning listening skills so that you can be able to understand where the other person is coming from when you're communicating. I mean, I, I, I love the whole premise of the book. I read it twice already. So um, let's just pick out one or two things out of it. And I'm looking at the book right now on my other screen. So like you said, it's broken into three parts, which is um, the top process, team, um, offer, and then process. So talking about the team, I think the biggest thing I got from it is your pin. And I know you use the pin based on the Disney pins that you guys collected is that is oh. that where that come from no, no it doesn't. <laughs> but that would be a great that would be a great story i wish i could say i i was that smart to uh to you know to use that i, I they are uh it's a it's a road map okay. right the book is a road map so uh the the idea is that there are pins on a map okay. and even the stone on the front you know is like a like a like a stone for uh, like a directional stone, right? Okay. And it's it, that's yeah. Okay, I thought it was one of those collectible pins that you would just uh. cross reference <laughs> to uh, Disney. So yeah, the one of the things I got was you know in chapter three you were talking about how do you empower your team, and I think that's very crucial in any organization, whether you're an entrepreneur or you're a corporation. The problem still comes down to you know letting your best people do the work. 
and not micromanaging them. So in your experience running a $100 million company, what did you find were some of the best ways to empower your team? Well, empowering them through the process, allowing them to be a part of the process, allowing them to um, have a deeper understanding than just being like, well, you're doing this because I said so. Um, you know, those types of things can make an all the world a difference when it comes to is your team going to be like live and die by you, right? And live and die by what you need to accomplish. Like, so in the book, I talk about the the inventory uh, debacle that we had, and and uh, there's a hand, there's a handful of people in there that really um you know i don't think even at the time i realized how how powerful um what i was saying to them was like i i assume it was or they were just like blindly following me i don't know but um at the time you know they they really bought into what i was telling them and showing them that like hey look if we do this 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 and this this is going to solve our problem and it's going to be a lot of work and it was a lot of work and it and it also that during that time was like 2000, uh, I want to say like two, yeah, like 2012 ish, um, 2011 ish, um, that like I started to get burnout out from that pro like that, that actually started like speeding up the process of me thinking about not being there anymore. Um, which sucks because you know, it's like, I did this to help do this great thing with all these people and, and we did a great thing, but at the same time, like it, burn the heck out of me yeah. um in the process so i you know i think also empowering your team to uh to you know to be leaders right to um to make decisions they're not going to make the right decision every time believe me i know i have a dad that every time if, if he gave me five decisions to make i would make four out of the five or five out of the five a lot of times wrong mm. they would just be like oh i would think that he would want this you know, it, the thing is, is and there's a great, great, great quote uh, by Steve Jobs. Not like I'm not big into quoting people, but like um, one of the ones that that people don't really talk about is the ones like uh, he was talking about in reference to Walt Disney. And it's like everyone stops and asks, like, well, what would Walt do? And it's like, no, don't ask what would Steve do. Do what's right. Figure yeah. out what's right. You know, it's a science project. Do yeah. experiments and and get it wrong and and start over and. And but, but make an educated decision, and and to me, you know, that was something that um, was difficult. Like when my grandfather passed away, and well, at first when he stepped away from the business for for health reasons, um, but then when he he passed away, it's like, you know, it left a giant void in 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 the company and in in my family and in my definitely in myself, um, and he, you know. To, to always think like, oh, well, what would Joe do? My, my grandfather is like, no, that's that's not what we should be doing. We should mm -hmm. be doing like what's right because that's what he would be doing, yeah. right? So so empowering people to, to try to make those right decisions and then living with them, right? And not um, not demeaning people. Like mm -hmm. I can't tell you how many times I've seen people demean other people. Or yeah. I, I, I was at Wendy's just the other day. And, and you want to talk about not empowering your team? The opposite of that. I'm sitting there ordering my food and the manager walks by the, the cashier that's taking my order and is like, she says something to her that, that wrecked her train of thought and she had to stop taking my order to listen to her because she was like, she wasn't barking an order at, she wasn't like yelling at her mm -hmm. or anything, but like she might as well have been because she just completely distracted her and mm -hmm. then she had to like stop and reset to be able to finish taking my order. Yeah. And I'm like... 
No, no, no. You need it. Like, like, take the book. Take just, just take this and and go read it and and work through the questions in yeah. the chapters and, and realize for yourself, like, that these little things that you're doing are de- not demeaning necessarily, but they're taking away from the experience and mm-hmm. ultimately might feel really demeaning to the person to the point where they just don't want to be there anymore. And it's yeah. like, yeah, they might not have already wanted to be there forever. It's a job at Wendy's. Yeah. You know, it's not really designed for you to necessarily be there forever. Yeah. But you're not helping the situation by sure. not by by taking them out of their their out of their thought process, yeah. and they're helping a customer literally in front of a customer. Like, come on, yeah. like, and no. A lot of people don't realize that people don't actually quit jobs; they quit their bosses. Because even I too, when I used to work in management consulting, there was one period where almost every week for 14 weeks, somebody was quitting my group. And I was like, wow, this is getting a lot. If I, a lot of people had to come down and like, what's happening here? Because it was just like every single week somebody was giving notice. And don't get me wrong, it wasn't like they were all getting like great offers. Some people said they had an offer, but they just quit because they, they just got fed up and they wanted to go and just figure things out. And I realized that, you know what, a lot of the time is the way you treat people. Like you could have a good manager, like in as much as you're overworked, you know, you're underpaid already. You can have a good manager that's the kind of person that's like, hey, I know you're overworked and you're underpaid, but you know what, let's just try and do the best we can, go home, get some rest. It's about how you make the person feel. People will go a lot farther when they know that you actually have empathy and you care about them and you know you're willing to, to take the time just to understand their point of view than just, hey, we have all this work to do, just go crush it, give me back the stuff and then... It's not, it's not going to work, especially these days where people have options, really. People have a lot of options. So I, Oh, yeah. I, yeah. No, definitely. And and to say they quit the boss, like, <laughs> my dad was my boss, and I quit. So, <laughs> you know, and it wasn't on the nicest of terms. It wasn't an easy decision, and it wasn't easy after I made that decision mm. um, and then still stuck around in a, in a what became, in my mind, a toxic situation for myself to the point, like, where it just was not good. Like, I was actively making it worse for not only myself but the people around me yeah. so i you know i think uh i i i think that's absolutely true i you know that you quit your boss and yeah. and that's it all right so let's move on to the o which is focus on the offer and a lot of times in business you know many businesses whatever you're offering you have a competitor that's offering the exact same thing so how do you deal with being in a competitive environment where you know your competitors are pricing in one way and you have to price your product and just because you don't want to lose business you try to force yourself to price in lockstep with your competitors as well as also as much as that is happening you know you can still put a little joe magic on it and charge a premium price so talk a little bit about pricing positioning and you know getting people into your to your offer. I was going to say funnel, but to your offer. <laughs> well, well, I would call it experience, <laughs> okay. right? And, and you know, that's where uh, it's it's a totally different thing. So, like, we could both offer the same thing, right? Yeah. But the experience that we get could be totally different. And that's where your, you know, utilized process, right? That's where the process part comes in at the mm-hmm. end to uh, to increase that, that offer. Um, I always use, like, the example uh, of, like, okay, we both make guacamole, you and I, Chi, right, when we're competing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, we, we, our guacamoles are, are both amazing. Like you couldn't like blind taste test. Like you couldn't tell which one was better, right? They're mm-hmm. different, but they're they're both incredible. Yeah. The difference is is when you come to my store and or my shop and you get my guacamole, it comes in like a big black cup, like mm-hmm. a big condiment cup. Versus when they go to your place, they get the the like the in the mortar, the pistol pestle and mortar, mm-hmm. right? So the difference there is is I'm charging nine dollars for mine. You're charging twelve for yours. Mm. You're getting three dollars more for an equal product, but the experience that I'm getting, the presentation that I'm getting is better. Yeah. And maybe I don't necessarily have to uh, charge twelve dollars for mine because maybe my rent's less. Where I'm in a different part of the city, you know. But I will, I upgrade my presentation. All of a sudden, I can make a dollar or two more. Mm. You know, a dollar or two more. Dollar two it doesn't sound right. Dollar more or two dollars <laughs> more, by by uh, by increasing the the presentation of that product. Mm. You know, commodity like we especially believe me in the trucking industry, we would compete on commodity products, and they would always be trying to make more commodity products by like okay, we used to have like fifty part numbers that fit these different trucks. Mm-hmm. Now we have three. And one of them is like on 90% of them. The other two are like kind of the fringe ones. Mm -hmm. Great. So now everyone's like discounting the heck out of the one, the 90% one that fits most of the trucks. And at that point, you're looking at like, okay, what's the buying process for the customer? Mm -hmm. Is it, can I, can I increase that process or increase that, that experience for the customer without adding a lot to it? Mm -hmm. You know, maybe, maybe by, um, fixing the process that they for them to buy from me might add a little bit of cost to, to do so, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to be able to get that much more because now, yeah, okay. I could save a dollar by going to Chi, but Joe has this really cool process where I just like, boom, like however they do their magic, when I call up the cut, you know, the team is uh, more willing to help me. They're not putting me on hold as much. Mm-hmm. I, I, could, I get a person. I don't have to sit through the dial pad thing. Those little things could be like, oh, great. So, OK, I paid a dollar more per part, but That's I actually nice. get the part on time. I, I, I got friendly people to work with. Uh, you know, all these like little things can make such a big difference where it's like, yeah, it's a dollar more. Yeah. But you, you're actually going to get it. And the first time they go to you and be like, oh, I'm going to save a dollar or two. And and the show up or and we had this happen a lot. People would uh, advertise the popular like the popular brand and mm-hmm. then show up with like the the overnight like Chinese wow. you know uh, uh, Fugazi mm-hmm. uh, brand right. Yeah. And it's like you can't yeah you can you're gonna get away with it for a little while, but after a while if it doesn't hold up yeah you're gonna be out the door right. Yeah. So unless you're the only game in town, which is very rare in a lot of businesses. <laughs> It absolutely is. So, so increasing that offer um, doesn't necessarily mean like you got to be like, oh, I'm going to give the the kitchen sink away on top of every time you buy something. But or even just like, you look. One of the things that like my dad pioneered in our industry because the trucking industry moves very slow. Is uh, you know, to to because my dad was like awesome a salesman. Um, you know, he was like, I'm going to spend the extra money to print color advertisements. Mm. Um, and like like sales flyers, right? Because all of our competitors are just black and white photocopy. They look like crap. It's terrible. You put the color on there, and it's like you see a desk with like full of like sales advertisements and things. Like R stands out right away. Oh. You know that type of thing. Like going in the opposite of direction. Um, and and yeah, it was a lot more expensive, but we also made a lot more money from yeah. doing these little types of things 
that uh, just add to the offer, add to the experience, making sure your lights, you know, if you have lights in a building, are all the lights on? Mm. You know, does your sign look like crap out front? Is there weeds growing out? You know, yeah. those types of things. Like people want to feel like they're getting a great experience right, um, and being taken care of in more ways than they even know that they want to be. Right. So it's up yeah. to you to just be like, okay, uh, you know. Now, with that said, like, make sure Rome's not burning while you're trying to like go f- pull weeds out of the front, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, out of the front uh, of the property or whatever. But but and you can apply these to service base. It doesn't matter if it's service or if it's because really it's all comes back to service. Like that's yeah. really and going back to the fact that it's all about building relationships mm-hmm. and building a better relationship is it. This is this is exactly how you go about doing that. Yeah, and nobody does it better than your good friends at Disney who build relationships with people from childhood to adulthood to grandparenthood by basically doing cartoons. Leveraging that into merchandising, leveraging that into movies, into music, into coming over to the theme park, into so many things. And it's just like everywhere you look when you get into the Disney ecosystem, there's value, 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 value. But at the same time, there's give me your money, give me your money, give me your money. Oh, it's called synergy. That was the the, 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 uh, term coined by uh, Michael Eisner. Eisner? Eisner. 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 Um, anyway, yeah. So I, um, it's funny you mentioned Disney because like you're just softballing it for me. That Lee Cockrell, <laughs> yeah. uh, former executive vice president to Walt Disney World, yeah. wrote the foreword. He he was he was he honored me by blessing the book with uh, with his foreword. And I um, was able when I met him in person uh, a few years back, um, I was able to give him a copy of my book and thank him for making my childhood a little bit more magical because he was you know, working there during the time in which I was going there as a kid growing up. So, um, yeah, I mean, he's an operate, he was an operations guy, you know, he's a process guy, he's an experienced customer service guy and he, you know, he's talking all over the world and, and just, I'm just super honored that he, he would choose to, uh, excuse me, to, to, you know, bless the book like that. So, um, you know, it's it's so fitting that somebody from the Disney company would would do yeah. that, uh, you know, for me because of how much I love Disney. Yeah, and so as we start to wind down, let me ask you one or two wrapping up questions. I think we've talked about the process, but um, just to, I think to tie it together, um, how would you create like a good business system or process to get things more efficient so that um, a business owner, an entrepreneur can start reducing costs and also be more efficient in leveraging whatever they're doing to generate profits. So, uh, so it starts by writing things down, right? Like that's the number one thing is like going through the process of what you actually do. So then you can be like, oh wow, look at how much time I'm wasting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, in the book I write about how, uh, and and I know everybody hates it, and I don't blame them for hating it. But like, hey, I, you know, I'm every year I want you to write down all the stuff that you do, mm-hmm. and as you know, from, from a team perspective. So then you can start to be like, okay, great. So maybe we don't need, you know, bill and accounting to be going to like Sam's club every week to go mm-hmm. buy supplies. Like we could either order them online cause yeah. Amazon is a thing. Uh, or we could, you know, we could pull a couple of the other tasks that other people are doing mm-hmm. that are outside the office and we get somebody to do mm-hmm. it, a part-time person to do it. So now I'm not paying, you know, $80,000 a year to have someone leave for, three hours a week to go 
do errands. Mm-hmm. I'm paying, you know, twenty five thousand dollars to have one person go do all these things mm-hmm. and answer the phones and do a whole bunch of other things and and maybe even coming up with things that's like, man, it would be great if somebody did that. Yeah. But like, no one's gonna go do that because no one wants to do that. Like the reasons people, somebody wants to go to Sam's Club, well, you get to leave for you know for three hours oh, and go buy stuff. Like, of course they want to go do that. Don't want to you know do other things around the place. So, you know, finding out uh, who's doing what and then being able to hold them accountable to it, holding yourself accountable to it, um, and and just figuring out, like, hey, like, if my job is X, but X really incorporates, like, a whole bunch of things that shouldn't incorporate, mm-hmm. we can find that out, we can get somebody else, um, we could spend less money on it, or we could just cut it out and just yeah. stop doing that thing that we're doing. It doesn't have to be a blame game, right? And that's yeah. that's really where like taking that ego away from your you know from yourself to be able to to stop and say, okay, like why are we doing this? What's the benefit for it? Just like I had in my own business, I had to stop and think, like, okay, I'm doing these podcasts, I'm interviewing all these people, but what is it really doing for my business? Yeah. Is it helping me get clients? Is mm-hmm. it helping me demonstrate how awesome I am at business? Not really. Yeah. So, you know, it is, but just over a much longer period of time where I got to get people to listen for hours and hours and hours and hours mm-hmm. to understand that, like, oh, Joe actually knows, knows what, what he's, he's talking, about. talking about. Like, mm-hmm. damn, like, how did that happen? So, um, you know, going through going through and building out – I dropped my pen. Uh, going through and, and, and just writing down those things, that it starts with that. Um, and then, you know – Start attaching price cost to those things, right? Mm-hmm. So you can start to figure out, like, okay, well, how much does this really cost? Because um, that's the thing. Like, everyone's like, Joe, I, I don't understand your cover. Like, why does it say sales? What if you get sales? Like, you, you, yeah. Well, yeah, you don't have a business if you don't have sales, right? Yeah. But at the most basic part of it is like, okay, if you you buy something for five dollars and you're selling it for eight dollars, and you're like, great, I made three dollars. Mm-hmm. But what if you didn't actually make $3? What if you yeah. lost $2 on everything you sold and now we're selling millions of them and we're losing money left and right and we don't sure. even necessarily realize it because we yeah. don't have our processes in place to know our numbers because it mm-hmm. also talks a lot about knowing your numbers and it talks about creating new numbers so that you can figure out how to, you know, what metrics can you hold yourself accountable mm-hmm. to, the business accountable to, your team accountable to. And yeah, I, and, and using the process to empower your team going back to the team part Mm -hmm. because utilize making them um not only feel like they're part of the process but allowing them to be part of the process and building out that process will go a long way in making people feel empowered and invested in your business and that's i think that was the key going back to like when i was doing the inventory thing and, and i had a handful of people that were like really in like in tune and like did way more than I would ever ask anybody to do. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they were doing it without me even asking them to do it. They felt invested because they felt valuable. They yeah. felt part of the process. They felt yeah. like they were a part of a chain. They were part of something. Yeah. And that's that's why you have people working at Disney for like a little bit more than minimum wage. Yeah. But they love it because they feel like they're a part of that magic. Yeah. And you can create that magic. You should create that magic. <laughs> You know, it, it doesn't have to be some far off, you know, thing. And, and, you know, real quick with your business, you know, I think that everybody should be working towards a model where they're building their business for their lifestyle, not their mm-hmm. lifestyle for their business. Because yeah. it, it happens so quick that you don't even necessarily realize it. I yeah. mean, you know, growing up, my grandfather was sitting at the kitchen table on Sundays doing paperwork and stuff. I mean, this was back in like the early 90s. But mm. 
you know, you can let that that stuff can creep in, and there's a time and place for it, right? There, mm-hmm. you have to know when when the chips are down, you gotta swing the bat. Yeah. But once you're past a certain point, you need, you know, yeah, you, obviously you need sales. It's, it's it's part of the lifeblood of the business, um, but you you got to be able to look past that and to yeah. get to that to be able to take things to the next level. You gotta look past just how many sales can I get? Yeah, and that's that's the only way to grow your business, actually. Man, Joe, if people aren't convinced that you're an expert and you know what you're talking about before this, I think uh, <laughs> this podcast is going to make it beyond obvious that you actually know what you're talking about. So for the guys listening to the podcast, um, give us some final words of wisdom in terms of, you know what, hey, I always place this scenario to every guest that I have. You know, there's somebody sitting on the fence listening to this podcast you know, they're consuming entrepreneurial content, but they're dissatisfied with their job. They're thinking of starting something or they've started something and it's not getting the traction they want. They're not making as much money or they're not even making any money because they're still struggling. And of course, every entrepreneur struggles for for many months, even many years up until one thing just clicks like that. So what's your advice to that person still in the trenches, still struggling, still trying their best to, to you know, to, you know make it and become successful and help their friends and their family out well uh you know first off they could they could give me a call uh i'm you know my phone's always on um and second off i know but really realistically what they what they really need to do is they they need to figure out like are they doing what they really really want to be doing right like i was having a great conversation uh today with with one of my interns and you know he uh you know he um he is going to be starting his, you know, he's been doing, you know, he's had his own business, but he's like really going to be starting to take it a lot more seriously now. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, just he was like kind of torn. He's like, well, you know, with this internship ending, I don't know if I should be, um, you know, doing the going and get corporate clients versus like, because he's super artistic, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like he could go and get, um, you know, to get artistic jobs and he can, he does really amazing design so i'm like well look why don't you 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 go through the i'm always about percentages so like figure out the percentage but but for me like i i really see him doing the creative thing long term mm-hmm. right like i don't think he's going to be real happy doing the the biz like getting business and clients and all that stuff versus like i created these awesome t-shirts and get them out there and we, we sell a whole bunch of them because people really love the designs oh, yeah. you know and i and i told him you know one of the things i told him was like look it's something you can't teach people is creating something that people actually want, right? Regardless of if you're there to tell them how awesome it is. Like, you know, that's why you come up with, 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 with triggering titles, like sales won't save your business. So that people are like, Whoa, I gotta, I gotta check that out. Right. Um, figuring out, you know, how you can make it doing the things that you want is going to go a heck of a lot longer and a lot less burnout Mm -hmm. than if you're um, doing stuff that you're like, yeah, I don't really like, like I do websites, right? I've been building websites since 96 Um, to make ends meet during the beginning process of me leaving my family's business. Mm -hmm. I built websites for people. I really don't, I mean, it's not like my favorite thing in the world to do, but I can do it. I do. I work with those people. Um, we create great, you know, a great experience together. Um, but you know, it's not where my heart really is. My heart is in talking about business. If you haven't gotten one thing out of this, I'm very passionate about business and, uh, and could, and could talk about it all day, every day. 
Always. Like, I'm always down for talking about it because it's just, it, I don't know why. I can't want. explain yeah. it. Yeah, no, I, I love that. I mean, we've been on the show for almost an hour and a half. <laughs> and I feel like we could go on talking forever because I too, I'm just like you when it comes to business. I, I told my friends that um, when I left the States to come back, the only thing that really pained me was I, I had lived 12 years in the United States. All through that time, the only thing I invested in was books. So I had 500 books in my house, in my flat in New Jersey. Wow. And so I couldn't ship all those books. You know, it was going to be super expensive. It was going to cost at least $10,000. So I said I would pick like the top 50 or the top 60 I can take in a suitcase. And then the rest, I just put it in storage in my church in New Jersey. Because I know the only wow. person that reads is my pastor and me. So I know whenever I go back to Jersey, I'll still see like a good chunk of my books. But that's, that's the passion, you know, when you have that passion in you, you always want to let it show, which you clearly do with um, everything you do in business, writing books, you know, speaking, running a conference, everything you do, the passion comes out there. So Joe, tell us a little bit about where people can find you, where they can get the book. I know it's launching tomorrow. So I'll, you know what, we're not even going to edit this. I'll just try and clip it and push it up on the website tomorrow and also on YouTube and whatnot. So tell us where we can, people can connect with you, connect with um, everything that you do in terms of the Builders Podcast, connect with you on social media, and of course, where to get the book. Uh, so you can get everything at superjoepardo.com. Um, you, you can get my social media there. It's all at superjoepardo. So facebook.com slash superjoe, Instagram, Twitter, um, and, uh, and connect with me on LinkedIn, LinkedIn too, uh, superjoe.com slash LinkedIn. I'm pretty sure it works. Um, you can get the book at saleswont.com. It'll take you right to the Amazon order page. Uh, I do have a landing page for it, but right now I'm just trying to drive every single person to that Amazon uh, yeah. link for now. Like if you go to my website and click on like the book, uh, that like on the front page, yeah. it takes you there. But yeah, so go to saleswont.com. Uh, you can get your copy. It's $14.95. It's $3.99 for the digital copy. Uh, and the audiobook is coming out in like nice. a week or so. Uh, I'm actually making my audiobook debut in that. Mm. Uh, so in the book, it says Super Joe Says. And I actually wrote, read the uh, the Super Joe Says parts. Wow. So it's, so it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, nice. I, I was told that no one's ever... Uh, no one's ever done that from according to my narrator so very few people actually you know guest speak in their own audiobook yeah Yeah, well hey you know (laughs) i i just i try to do things differently and and even with the book itself like my editor was like you know i've you know he wrote a lot of notes where he's like i've never read this before like i've edited hundreds of like self-help books and 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 uh business books Mm -hmm. and i've never read this the the stuff that you're saying before and i was like well it's probably because i don't read a lot of books so i'm not reading and then rehashing that that stuff and i think that from a creative process it's really difficult to not like copy things right Mm -hmm. or or to like assimilate those types of things right in especially when you're trying to be in the same niche in the same world as those other things so for me, like I'm a slow reader, so that's why I don't read books. But um, so, so, but at the same time, like I just try to limit that creativity, like input, so mm-hmm. that I can create these things. That's like, wow, no one's ever seen that before. And I always Google it too. Whenever yeah. I have a great idea, I Google it and then <laughs> see if someone else came up with it. If they didn't, then I then I'm like, oh, I put my stake in the ground. Yeah. 
Cool, man. Cool. I'll link everything to the show notes once the uh, episode gets published tomorrow. So, my friend, it's really been a pleasure coming. Man, we've talked for almost an hour and a half, and we could still go on. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I could, I could definitely do another hour. It's, it's, I'm good, man. I, man. I, so I this, love this stuff. This has been so much fun, man. I really thank you seriously from the bottom of my heart for coming to do this show. It's, it's been no, su- thank you it's been such for a having pleasure. me. <laughs> no, thank you for having me, and I definitely want to have you on my show. We'll, uh, oh. I'll, I can send you over the link to to do the submission, and uh, oh, no and problem. we'll get you on there. All right. All right. No problem. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate that. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning into the show today. If you love what you hear on today's episode of the podcast, go to iTunes and leave a review and a comment. It helps other great listeners like yourself find the show. And of course, you can always find more episodes of the Bulletproof Entrepreneur Podcast at www.odogwu.com.